0: I'm Not a Gentleman is a production of ChaseAndRider.com. So ever since I got here when I was in high school, I would be the guy that would have the latest Jordans when they came out. Sometimes we would leave school in the middle of the day just to go get the new sneakers and then come back to school so we can flex. I was definitely that guy. I was always into my presentation. This is something that my mom and dad, especially my mom, always told us that we should always look presentable. Yo, what up? I'm your host Vladimir Ariche from ChaseAndRider.com and your favorite menswear YouTuber's favorite menswear YouTuber. I've helped dozens of clients and hundreds of students and viewers feel more confident by looking their best and always making a great first impression. So I know a lot of people have been wondering exactly who I am and how did I get to be a menswear influencer. I hate the influencer word, but it is the truth. A lot of stuff that I talk about, Guys end up buying them because they trust my judgment. So I don't really know any other way to put it. Some of you guys go way back with me, but some of you guys are also new and just discovering me now. So if you're just discovering the podcast and you're wondering who exactly is this guy and how did he get to be a podcaster? So this is what this episode is going to be about. It's not going to be a long episode. It's more me telling you who I am and how I got to this position. Intro. Back in that, back in bag again. Whoa, whoa. One thing that usually shocks a lot of people, I used to be one of those guys that hated everything that had to do with wearing a suit. Funny enough, my dad was a true menswear enthusiast. He was one of those guys that would wear a three-piece suit in Haiti where it averages... Above 80 degrees every day. Growing up, I've never seen my dad wear a t-shirt and sneakers to go out. So to understand exactly who I am, I think we should start from the beginning. I was born in the Bronx. But I grew up in Haiti. I used to come here back and forth every other summer or so. So English wasn't really that foreign to me. So eventually when I moved back to the States for good, I was 16 years old. And I already knew English a little bit. So when I went to school, it wasn't really that hard for me to fit in with everybody because I wasn't studying from scratch like a lot of my other countrymen that come here not knowing the lick of English. I moved there for good when I was in the 10th grade, and I instantly fell in love with rap. Like, I used to love rap since I was in Haiti, but when I came here, obviously, it got to another level to the point that we formed a group called Skills University. Now, what does this have to do with menswear? A lot, actually. Number one, I never wanted to wear a suit. I always saw myself as somebody that was going to be a successful rapper, and I can wear whatever the hell I wanted and never have to wear a suit. It wasn't until I was 20 years old and a friend of mine passed away, that's when I finally got my first suit. And it was a black suit, obviously, because when I went to the store, the salesman told me that I had to get a black suit. And also I had to get a black suit that was going to fit me for the rest of my life. So he gave me a suit that was baggy as hell. And I think that's a similar story for a lot of guys. When they get their first suit, it's usually a black suit and it's usually an ill-fitting suit. That's way too big for them. But I didn't really have any beef with it because, number one, I hated wearing a suit. And number two, I wanted my suit to fit me the same way that my regular clothes fit me. So the suit being way too big, I felt very comfortable in the suit. Just like back then, we used to wear baggy clothes, and my suit was baggy as well. That was perfectly fine with me. So between 20 and about 30, I never bought another suit. I just used that one suit whenever I had to go to a wedding or communion or funeral. And I recall my best friend trying to get me to buy a suit because we was going to summer gym one year, and I bought a jersey for $400 after tax. It was like 450 It was a Gary Carter two-back Mets jersey. I still have it, by the way. But my friend was like, you're spending all that money on a jersey and you don't even own a suit. And he would always tell me, just go to mall shows and get yourself a suit. You know, That way you have it if something comes up. I didn't listen. So I never bought a suit after that black suit. And a funny thing happened. I got invited to a wedding. One of my good friends was getting married. And looking back now, I don't even think he was a plus one. He probably more than likely wasn't. I was running around single at the time. I didn't have a serious girlfriend or anything like that. So there was no reason for me to really have a plus one. But I had met my wife a couple months prior to that. Well, my wife now, that is. Uh, We met at work. And um, I told her she's coming to the wedding with me. And the funny thing about that was, That black suit that I had was no longer a thing. It was a horrible quality anyway. So after about five years, I don't think I could wear it anymore. So I went a few years without any suits at all. So whenever I had to go somewhere, it was slacks and a shirt with a tie sometimes, but never a jacket because I I didn't have a suit. And my best friend that used to always tell me to buy a suit, I ended up borrowing his suit to go to that wedding. He's smaller than I am, so I'm sure he was a horrible fit. But you couldn't really tell me nothing. You know how it is when guys wear suits to weddings. That's when they want to take all the pictures. And funny enough, I don't have any pictures from that wedding. I don't know if the couple does. They're still together now, thank God. Maybe I should reach out to see if there's a group picture. But the moral of the story is I didn't have a suit. I had to go to a wedding. I had to borrow a suit to wear to that wedding. What changed is that I got a job that was going to be client-facing. And I had to buy a suit at that time. And even though we didn't have to wear a suit every day, it was business casual unless you were meeting with a client. But the thing with me was I always looked younger for my age. So when I was 30, I looked like I was 20. So since we were talking about finance and mortgages and those type of things, I needed to look my age or even older than my age for a trust factor, because when you're talking to somebody that's older than you and you're talking about money, they want to see that you have experience. So if you come in there, even though you know what you're talking about, but if you don't look it, then a lot of the times they're not really going to trust you. So buying a suit was my way of making myself look older or look my age or whatever. So I told this story on this podcast before, but a friend of mine that was working part-time at Banana Republic, he talked me into getting a pinstripe suit as my first CBS suit. And also, that was another ill-fitting suit because he also told me to get a size long, 44 long, to be exact, when I'm only 5'10". Because he's around 6'1", and he wore a long. So he figured I would probably need a long as well. And I didn't know anything, so I just went along with it. So shortly after that first suit, I ended up working at Banana Republic as well because of the 50% discount. I started working there part-time, and I started to get a bunch of suits from them. And one thing that really got me into suits, I remember I was hanging out with my godbrother, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, and his girlfriend at the time. And she was saying that she gets GQ subscriptions for all of her brother's. Because she really likes a guy in a suit. So she wants to make sure that her brothers know how to dress. We'll be right back. Yo, real quick. I got something very special to share. Are you ready to elevate your style game? Well, I got just the thing for you when you won't cost you a dime. Introducing my latest ebook. The 7 Style Mistakes that you're making right now. It's packed with insights. To help you up your style game. In this exclusive guide. I break down the common pitfalls. That many of us fall into. From fashion faux pas. To overlooked details. I got you covered. You'll learn how to turn heads. For all the right reasons. And boost your confidence. In any situation. So are you ready to transform your wardrobe. And leave those style mistakes behind. Head over to I'mNotAGentleman.com. Or click the link in the show notes to grab your copy of the 7 Style Mistakes that you're making right now. It's a game changer and it's 100% free. Thanks for tuning in today. And remember, style is a reflection of who you are. Let's make sure you're sending the right message. Grab your copy now and let's embark on this style journey together. Until next time, stay stylish. So shortly after that, I went and got myself a GQ subscription because I'm like, if I want to learn how to dress in a suit, what better way to learn than from GQ magazine? Supposed to be the men's style Bible, you know? And you can say that I have an obsessive behavior because when I really get into something, I want to learn everything about it. So I really got into menswear and started finding out exactly how things are supposed to fit and what you're supposed to wear. And back then also, that's when Tumblr was really popular. So I was on Tumblr every day, just looking at guys in suits and seeing how they were doing it, learning about shoes and all those things. The thing with me is I've always been into my presentation. So it wasn't the suits that started it. So ever since I got here when I was in high school, I would be the guy that would have the latest Jordans when they came out. Sometimes we would leave school in the middle of the day just to go get the new sneakers and then come back to school so we can flex. I was definitely that guy. I was always into my presentation. This is something that my mom and dad, especially my mom, always told us that we should always look presentable. So me wearing a suit, being obsessed with it, wasn't really out of character for me. It was just because it was suits, but not because it was fashion, because I've always been into fashion. And unfortunately, when I first started, I was really, really into fashion. I didn't realize there was a difference between fashion and style at the time. So fashion was my thing. There were a lot of trends going on at the time, like skinny ties and skinny lapels, tie bars, short suit jackets. If you read GQ magazine, those are the type of things that they were promoting. And I was all in because... That's what I would also see on the internet. So hearing it from GQ and then seeing it on the internet can't be wrong, right? Because that's what everybody's wearing. So when I first got into menswear, that's exactly what I was wearing also. So like I said, I got a part time at Banana Republic. So they're buying a bunch of suits from them at 50% off. And they were all ill-fitting. But I didn't know that at the time. Now, when I was 30 years old and I got that job, that was in 2005. And one promise that I had made to myself was once I turned 30, if the rap thing wasn't working, I wasn't going to keep rapping. So 30 years old was my limit. If I'm not signed by then, I'm going to hang it up. So when 30 years old came, that's when I started to get serious about my career outside of rap, and that's how I ended up working as a mortgage consultant. But a funny thing happened when I really started to get into Suits. A bunch of rhymes would come to me that had to do with Suits. And it was easy because nobody was really talking about Suits. So there was so much to really talk about. So I would just write down raps that would come to me. And then out of nowhere, I heard somebody made a song where they did Biggie's Ten Crack Commitments over. And they were talking about guns, I think. I was like, yo, that's a really good idea if I were to remake that song and be talking about Suits instead. So that was in 2010. I went in the studio and I recorded a song called The Ten Sharp Commandments. And I thought the song was really hot. Like everybody that heard it was like, yo, this is dope. I sat on it for about a year. Like I would let people hear it, but I never put it out. And I decided to put the song out on March 9th, 2011 on Tumblr. And the song went viral. Like, I got so many followers on Tumblr, so many comments. Blogs were writing articles about it because it was something fresh. Nobody was rapping about menswear. That was way before Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake did Suit and Tie or whatever the song is called. And a lot of people started hitting me up. And one of the guys that hit me up, his name is Ronald Smith. And he was telling me, like, yo, man, I've been bumping your joint all day out here in Vegas. And he goes, have you ever considered working in the menswear industry? And he goes, from the way that you're talking on the song, it sounds like you know your stuff. And you can definitely get paid for that. Bro, it sounded really, really cool. So we exchanged numbers. And he was telling me he worked for a company called Astor & Black. It's a custom clothier out there in Vegas. And they have offices in New York as well. So long story short, I left the mortgage industry and got hired by Ashton Black in October of 2011. So if it wasn't for Ronald, I would have never been in the men's industry. And you probably would have no idea who I am. So you guys got Ronald to blame for that. <laughs> so once again, at the time, I was heavily into fashion. Heavily into wearing everything tight. Because that's what GQ said. Your suit should be fitted. And I was teaching other men how to dress. That was part of my job. Now, somewhere along the way, I discovered a blog called Put This On. And I remember an article that they had written about David Letterman. And they were saying how his suit fits him impeccably. And I was like, wait, David Letterman, the talk show host? Because to me, his suits were way too baggy. And I'm like, we can't be talking about the same guy, you know? But funny enough, even though I didn't agree with that article, I never really forgot it. But I was still going about my business and wearing my tight suits. And something clicked between 2012 and 2013 that I was doing something wrong. Because besides put this on, I also discovered style form, which is a form where men congregate and people vote on their fits. And I wasn't posting any pictures. I was just there to really be low key. And see what other guys were talking about. And one thing that I realized all the guys that used to get a lot of love on Styleform, their suits looked to me like they were too big. That was prior to Instagram really blowing up. So if you wanted to get love on your suits, you would go to Styleform and post it there. So I started to think maybe I'm wrong because how come all these guys are saying, man, this is a nice fit? And I'm sitting there looking at the way that I dress. And I'm like, I dress nothing like this guy. So I started to think something must be wrong with the way that I'm doing it. And by the time that we got to 2013, that's when I really realized the problem was me. It wasn't those guys. Their suits weren't too big. My suits were too tight. And it was a very hard pill to swallow. Shortly after that, I left the menswear industry in February of 2013 And I started to really learn about menswear and that there was a difference between fashion that I was into and classic menswear, which is, to me, the way that it should be. Because you're not really following any trends. You're just really dressing up the way that it should be for the rest of your life. And I started to understand this is why a magazine like GQ exists. Because if they would talk about classic menswear, they wouldn't be able to put out a new issue every month because classic menswear is more eternal but the problem was because I had picked up so many bad habits between let's say 2005 and 2013 I couldn't really apply what I was learning right away because I had to really come to the realization that everything that I thought about suits and menswear was wrong so even though I knew that it was wrong it was still very very hard for me to put everything together because there was so much information on the internet, most of it being bad information. So it's very hard to pick who's right and who's wrong. So I had to piece all that information together myself. So between doing that and also overcoming all the bad habits that I had picked up, it took me a solid two years to finally ditch my old suits and get a suit that I was proud of. So in 2015, I got my first real suit, from Suit Supply. It was a Navy suit. So that was the first time since I started wearing a suit that I really felt like I knew what the hell I was doing. It's not to say that when I was wearing my suits tight, I wasn't confident before. I was. But deep down inside, I still wasn't sure. So it wasn't until 2015 when I got that Navy suit from Suit Supply that I was sure that I was doing it right. So I finally worked up the courage to post on staff Form. And I got so many likes, like over 50 likes, which was a big deal back then. And that's when I was like, I'm finally on the right path. So the guy that you see standing in front of you now, well, this is a podcast so you don't see me. But if you go on my YouTube or my Instagram, you know what I look like. 2015 is really when I started to dress like this. So my thought at the time was to start teaching men how to cross over from fashion to style. And I wanted to do it by selling digital courses. So I remember talking to one of my cousins about it. He's like, why don't you come to the house, I have a camera, and I'll record you. That way you can see how you come across on camera. Needless to say, it was horrible. I remember playing it for my wife. She was like, you sound very monotone, unsure of yourself. Nobody's going to listen to that. I was like, damn, this is crazy. How am I supposed to sell any courses? if nobody's going to listen to me, (laughs) you know? So I would go to YouTube to look for classic menswear videos. So one thing that I noticed was missing was a dude that spoke like me and my friends and also looked like me and my friends. At the same time, being very knowledgeable on the subject, that guy was not on YouTube at the time. So I said to myself, I can't be the only person on YouTube that's looking for a guy that looks like me, dresses like me, and talks like me. So that's when I decided to start a YouTube channel because I couldn't find myself on YouTube. There were some other black dudes on there at the time, but they weren't really classic menswear guys. They didn't know anything about shoes or anything like that. So I figured I have to start my own channel. And also I was going to use that as an opportunity to get better in front of the camera. So the year was 2018. I was already blogging at the time. had my own website I had wrote an ebook called The 7 Style Mistakes That You're Making Right Now. The next step was to get in front of the camera. Bought the camera bought some lights and I started to record myself. And at first it wasn't very good, but eventually I started to get more and more comfortable in front of the camera. I read somewhere that you should look at the camera like it's somebody that you're teaching something to. So imagine you're talking to one of your really good friends, but he doesn't really know that much about menswear, and you're trying to teach him. And once I learned that, everything clicked. So I started to record videos, even though I wasn't posting them on YouTube yet. And they were very, very good because I was very confident and very comfortable in front of the camera. And in January of 2019, that's when my first video came out on YouTube. And the rest, as they say, is history. And that's one comment that I always get from people is you look very confident in front of the camera. Because a lot of people, believe it or not, they have a lot of talent, but they really hate themselves on camera. They hate the way they sound. They hate the way they look. And you can just tell they're not comfortable. Of course, I had that issue like everybody else, but I never really put out those videos that were really, really bad. It was just me practicing. So by the time that I actually started putting out videos... I was already recording for about 6 months So I felt like I was a pro And people always say Your first video is going to be your worst video Because you're supposed to get better from that point I still watch my first video now And I think it's one of the best videos I've ever done The video is called 8 Wear hacks in 90 seconds So this is how my journey started on YouTube And this is why you guys know about me now so when people tell me that I look very comfortable in front of the camera, it's a huge compliment. It didn't start like that, but I do feel like right now when I'm recording, I don't even see the camera anymore. I definitely see that I'm talking to a friend. And it's the same thing when I'm doing my podcast, although I'm not as comfortable doing the podcast yet as I am doing videos, but that's going to get there too. And this is why I'm very passionate about menswear. I can relate to any guy regardless of what situation that they are currently in, what stage of their menswear journey that they are in. Because wherever they are, I was there at one point. So whether you're the guy that hate to dress up and you wear all your suits too big, I was definitely that guy. And I have pictures to prove it. Or if you're the guy that wear all your clothes too tight because you think that you know everything already because you read GQ magazine, I definitely was that guy. And I also have pictures to prove that. So that's why when I'm working with clients, I can relate to them so well because I was once them. So this is why I love working with guys and making a difference in their appearance. That way they can feel more confident and always make a great first impression, like I always say in the intro. And this is why I'm very, very proud about the cohort that I'm doing starting on October 2nd. If you're not familiar with a cohort, it's a live training that's going to take place virtually. I'll be teaching men's way over two weeks. So it'll be October 2nd, October 4th, October 9th, and October 11th. And the link for you to sign up will be in the show notes. The great thing about this live cohort, what took me so long to learn, about 10 years, doesn't have to be the same thing for you. Because like I was saying, even though I was really into fashion, and I even worked in the menstrual industry, I still feel like a lot of time I was just winging it. It wasn't until 2015 that things started to really come together for me. The reason why it took me so long is because I didn't really have somebody to teach me. Like I said, I was on the internet looking at articles. I was on form, trying to look up these threads and putting information together. But there was nobody holding my hands and telling me, no, this is the way you do it. No, you don't do it this way. And this is exactly what I'm going to go about with my cohort called Master the Art of Dressing Wall. Once again, the link to join will be in the show notes. Classes start on October 2nd, so October 1st is the last day to sign up for it, which is right around the corner. So this is my story on how I got into menswear. Once again, you guys really have Ronald Smith to thank because if it wasn't for him putting the bug in my ear to work in the menswear industry, I don't think that you guys would know who I am right now, at least not for menswear. But um, shout out to him and um, shout out to Ten Shelf Commandments, man. That's really what did it and sort of putting me on the map, even though back when I did that song, I didn't really know that much about menswear myself. But it definitely did its job by letting people know who I was Maybe I'll upload that song on my Patreon for my patrons. I'll think about it. So that was the episode telling you guys my story on exactly how I got here and what my mission is, which is to help guys look stylish without following trends. And if you're listening to this live, and it's prior to October 2nd, definitely sign up for the cohort called Master the Art of Dressing Well. But if you're listening to this later, this is something that I want to bring back every quarter. But since this is the first one, this is definitely the least expensive that it's ever going to be. So if you're listening to it live, I would definitely recommend that you sign on. So that was my episode on exactly who I am and how I got here. Tune in again next week for another fire episode of I'm Not a Gentleman. Peace. Back in that bag, in and bag again. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Back in the Yeah. Tell him to watch it.